It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 64. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, we're talking Golden Gopher men's hockey. What else? The top-ranked maroon and gold earned a second straight Frozen Four berth, and will take on Boston University in one national semifinal game next week in Tampa, Florida. The most outstanding player of last weekend's regional in Fargo was senior Bryce Brodzinski, and he's my guest on this week's Go Gopher podcast. He's part of one of the great hockey families in the state of hockey, and we find out about all kinds of things, including one of his career highlights coming when he was a 10-year-old All-Star playing in a tournament in Winnipeg. We'll also, of course, talk about the Frozen Four, the Regional, and a bunch more. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Do that by visiting sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus is proud to support Gopher Athletics and as a main sponsor of this postseason Gopher hockey run. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. You can find out more at affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. Tony is a big-time Gopher hockey fan. We're podcasting episode 64 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. One other quick note, if you're a restaurant or a business who would like to have the podcast broadcast from your venue and are interested in partnering with us, please contact the great folks at Talk North. We'd love to be on location. TalkNorth.com is where to go. Find Karen Cleary, for details. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. You can go back and listen to past podcasts as well. Last week, for example, we talked basketball with Golden Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle and the voice of Gopher women's basketball, Justin Gard. You'll love that episode, so go back and find it and listen in. This week, though, it's episode 64, the Go Gopher podcast. We're talking Golden Gopher hockey with the red-hot Bryce Brodzinski. He'll join us next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utech, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
It's episode 64 of the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, and we, of course, this week are talking Frozen Four hockey as the Golden Gophers getting ready for Boston University. They will be leaving early next week for Tampa, Florida, and it will be a week from Thursday, Minnesota and Boston in one national semifinal, and then Michigan and Quinnipiac in the other, and then if all things go as we hope, it'll be a Saturday championship game appearance in Tampa. Our guest is Bryce Brodzinski. He is a former Mr. Hockey in Minnesota, and he is on a heater right now. Bryce, good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. Um, how much fun was that last week in Fargo for you and the guys? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, obviously special being in Fargo because it was kind of close, and um, you know, all the fans and all the fans that showed up and all the family that was there, it was obviously a pretty special moment being able to uh, um, win the championship there. And then you, of course, had a hat trick in the Thursday uh, opening round game against Canisius, uh, and it was a natural as well, three straight, uh, and really put the finishing touches on that 9-2 to two win. Uh, what was working that uh, you were able to find the net three in a row? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, um, you know, I had the one that got called back, and then after that I just started shooting the puck every single time I got it, and so... <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously my line line mates weren't too mad at me shooting the puck because um, you know they like getting assists sometimes when I, whenever it goes in. So um, yeah, I just started shooting the puck and then um, you know luckily they all went in. You said after the game that you thought that that one might get overturned, the double post, I guess what it hit the right and then across to the left. Could yeah. you see that maybe it was dicey? Yeah, well, um, you can kind of tell the difference between the crossbar and the back crossbar. Um, and it, it sounded like crossbar pipe. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of knew it went in, or I knew it didn't go in. So, um, you know, when guys kind of hauled it around, I was asking them if they was going in. They are like, just go through the line anyways, just in case it didn't go in. So, um, yeah, I kind of figured it didn't go in, but, um, you know, obviously I wasn't too frustrated about it. Yeah, so you were literally inches away from, from four goals in that game. Um, take me through that game, too, because, you know, it's it's the age-old 1-verse-16 and all this stuff. And, um, it, you know, obviously once you guys got your legs under you, that major was big, you got a couple of goals, and, and then it was, you know, you guys were dominating the rest of that game. But what was that like emotionally to get going and get started and get your skates under you? And, um, you know, how do you, how do you try to – keep out of your mind this idea that oh it's a one in 16 and you can't lose and all this stuff yeah I mean it's uh it's pretty nerve-wracking because I mean you're supposed to win and so um you know they were up 2-1 on us at one point and it's it's kind of a scary thing because <laughs> you never know what can happen and so um yeah like you said luckily we got that five minute major and we got a couple of goals but um you know right after Kurth kind of scored that goal to give us a lead I knew there wasn't really any turning back and um, you know, we're a good enough team to where we can kind of outscore teams in some scenarios when we're not playing our best. And, um, you know, luckily we scored a few goals to get us in the lead. And then, uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty scary moment. I mean, it's not a, not a position that we wanted to put ourselves in for sure, but, um, you know, we were happy that we got, got the win. Yeah, once it got going, it got going. I thought, too, and again, hockey's this way, which is why that happens sometimes where a, a four can beat a one or a 16 can beat a one, and that just it was weird early, some spinning pucks and different things. You guys had some chances, and, and the puck just, you know, the puck luck, as they say, and it's a real thing in hockey. Did you guys feel, now looking back, did you guys feel, feel as it was two to one there did you feel like things were tightening up or did you feel still pretty comfortable like hey this is because pretty soon as the clock starts melting away I suppose you're thinking all right we gotta we gotta kick this thing in gear here yeah I mean uh we kind of knew that we would have our chances I mean they turned the puck over a lot in that first couple of periods when they're, they had the lead and um you know we just weren't capitalizing on it and we knew that if we just kind of stuck with it that those opportunities would end up being goals and um yeah I mean 
we didn't really change much. We just eventually started scoring on the opportunities that we got. And uh, but their goalie played unbelievable through the first two periods, and um, you know kind of got unlucky in the third with a couple of bad bounces. And um, yeah, but uh, it was just kind of sticking on top of our game, and then. Um, you know, the opportunities that came to us, we were able to put away. How much did that third period affect you guys in terms of how you started that on Saturday against St. Cloud? It looked like the momentum carried right over to me. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely confident going into that game. And, um, you know, we kind of saw that any team can play with us if we kind of give it to them. And so uh, we really are. Um, Coach Bonsko was kind of all over us about having a good start and um, our first couple of shifts, and we thought we played really good in our first couple of shifts and kind of stayed on top of them and didn't really have any opportunities until about the 10-minute mark of the first period. So uh, we were definitely happy with how we started. Uh, now, um, I've been around baseball a lot, too, and home run hitters can remember almost every home run they hit, even years before. Are As a goal scorer, I mean, you are a goal scorer. Do you remember... Can you remember goals? Like, like, could you walk me through all three of the goals from Thursday and know exactly how they unfolded? Um, maybe. I think it was, uh, I mean, my first two were kind of just turnovers and, um, you know, an odd man rush. And uh, my third one was kind of, Hughie just dumped it deep and it bounced off three people and <laughs> goalie put it right on my stick and I shot it before he had a chance of getting back to it. So, um yeah, you remember everything. You don't. You don't remember all the details, but um, yeah, you remember how they go in and um, you know what kind of led up to them. So in uh, Matsko, your head coach has talked about uh, that you, when you when you start feeling it, the puck just starts going in the net. Can you explain kind of how that works with you? Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know it's just a confidence thing. It's like if I if I know I can go out there and score a goal, it's it gives me that confidence to kind of hold the puck a little bit longer, make a play, um, you know, get open in certain scenarios where I wouldn't want to go because I was kind of afraid to get into that spot and then a turnover happens where um you know if I'm playing with confidence I'm I'm kind of free I'm I'm playing with the puck well and I'm I'm shooting the puck a lot and so um yeah I think it's just when I get on <clears throat> I'm happy with how I'm playing um I'm not afraid to shoot the puck and I'm not afraid to take chances and I think that's kind of the main thing. You mentioned after that Thursday game uh and then again I think even with me when we did a, a little uh post game locker room session uh that Jackson Nelson had told you, "Hey, shoot some more." I, one, he wants the assist as you mentioned, but two, um and you took it to heart a little bit in this regional it looks like. Yeah, I mean, um I had 15 or 16 shots in those two games combined, so um yeah, I mean it's you're not going to score goals if you don't put the puck on the net. So, um, yeah, I would, this weekend I definitely wasn't afraid to shoot the puck, and um, I think both my line weights were pretty happy with me. On many teams in the country, you would probably be a, a top-line wing, right? You'd be some, uh, you know, a, a number one. Uh, and, look, the one the one line that you guys have, the top line, as everyone talks about, is a really good line. So how important is it, one, that you guys got the depth, but you can provide scoring on the quote? And, again, I say this with all respect, I'm not trying to, but the quote second or third line getting goals from, from you or your line mates, how, how important is that in these kind of uh, postseason hockey? games yeah well I mean I mean Hugen Hugelin has been his whole line has been unbelievable for us the entire year so it's like um you know we have Mananelli and Nevs's line and then um you know you obviously got um you know Nyes and Cooley and Snuggerud and yeah. but I mean Hugelin is a guy that you could put out there against their first line and we're sitting on the bench breathing easy because he's such an unbelievable player I mean he's in the offensive zone the entire time against the best lines and so um, you know, when we played St. Cloud, we kind of knew we were going to win because they were kind of cutting their line short. They were only playing two lines, and, um, you know, we're not afraid to play three or four lines the entire game. And so, um, yeah, like you said, our depth is, is unbelievable for us, and that's kind of the reason that we've been having such a good season. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
not only um, just cools this line, but um, you know Huglin has been unbelievable for this entire year. I mean, his stats kind of are a little bit lower than we expected because he's such an unbelievable player. Like we really expected him to excel this season, and um, yeah, he's been unbelievable for us, and we're very happy to have him. Yeah, and he was right last year on on that top line for late in the year last year with Ben Myers and and Nyes and. I remember. I think he he was the key guy in that in the game winning right uh, against yeah. UMass. Yeah, I think. made that. I mean, he held the puck for thirty five seconds, and then made an unbelievable pass to Myers, and um, you know he won it in overtime. And so, yeah, he was he's been a key player for us. I mean, second half of last year, and basically this entire season. It's um, you know it's good to kind of get him going again now that we're going into the Frozen Four. So I ask you about the hat trick. Then you come out. Uh, you mentioned uh, Coach Motzko was insistent that you guys come out sharp. You were. And then you got the first goal on the Saturday game as well. Uh, take me through that. And, and what did that mean just to get one in the net, um, you know, at that point? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was like right after a power play. So I was already out there for a minute and a half, two minutes almost. And, um, you know, and, me and Nelly kind of had a two-on-two, so I just kind of followed him into the zone just in case kind of a turnover happened. I was able to jump on it, and, um, you know, he spun out and saw me, and I just didn't want to hold on to it too long and create a turnover, so I just kind of put it on the net and hit off the goalie's glove and trickled in, and, um, you know, I was obviously pretty excited, and, um, you know, Nelly was pretty happy that he finally got it. Um, he's starting to get on the board again, which is really big for him. I mean, um, he had a little bit slower second half with as far as points go, but um, you know now he's really kicking in gear and uh, playing his best hockey. And when you get a, a ricochet empty net goal off the sidewall, that helps too late for yeah. Jackson Nelson. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy looking goal for sure, <laughs> which we can talk about a, a little bit more later on. But um, in in terms of that too, or I thought. Um, on that power play, Close makes a big save on a breakaway, right? There was a turnover kind of yeah. out out front, and um, that's a big swing. You go from, I mean, you're, you know, if he doesn't make that save, let's say the guy nets it, it's one zip, uh, empty, or uh, shorthanded, uh, but it, he makes the save, and then it was, what, just, what, eight, nine seconds after the power play, you guys get the score. Yeah. So almost a two-goal swing there, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Micah Miller has been unbelievable on their penalty kill the entire year. I think he might... Maybe had an empty net goal against us earlier in the year, or maybe it was another game that I was watching. But um, yeah, he's scored empty or uh, penalty kill goals before, and uh, so we were obviously kind of nervous. That I mean, Justin's been unbelievable for us the entire year. So um, you know, he's always a guy that I'm going to have confidence in, and. Um, we put our confidence into him the entire year, and he's been unbelievable. Yeah, he had that save, and then um, their goalie, the Huskies goalie, was pretty good. That I mean. You guys were peppering him for much of that first period. It could have been a three or four nothing game. I mean, he made a couple of, of uh, fancy saves there. Yeah, I mean, it was early on. He was a little bit shaky, and um, but I mean, pucks were just bouncing bad for him. And then I mean, he was still recovering and making unbelievable secondary saves. So um, you know, even when things were going bad for him, he was kind of making the best out of the opportunity. So um, yeah, we thought he played unbelievable, and um, you know, Comer's goal kind of solidified that win for us. Um, but I mean. It's a Comer slap shot from the blue line with knives in front of the net. I mean, not many goalies in the entire country are going to be able to see the puck or save it. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, he kind of got unlucky with that one, and then um, you know we kind of just took out from there. The uh, you mentioned the the Jackson Lacombe goal that made it three to one, and and again, there's still some hockey to be played there, and you know that St. Cloud's one of the top handful of teams in the country, so you can't breathe easy. But what did that goal mean? I mean, three one makes it a whole different deal, right? Yeah, I mean. 
um, we had a one goal lead earlier and they scored to tie it. So we knew that a one goal lead wasn't safe. And um, yeah, just a, a two goal lead kind of helps you breathe a little bit easier and um, kind of relax to play your game a little bit better and uh, not be afraid to take chances. So, um, you know, once we got that two goal lead, we kind of started staying on top of pucks and, um, you know, not really giving them anything. And so I think that's kind of when, um, you know, the game kind of opened up more for us was uh, when we were able to play on top of the puck and play defense better. Um, they weren't really able to do much. And even once they pull the goalie, it's just a different deal if it's 2-1 or 3-1 at that yeah. point. you got to get two. That's different than one. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, I mean they're, you're waiting in the D zone and hoping they don't score if it's a one-goal game or if it's a two-goal game, you can kind of shoot for an empty net like Jackson did. And, um, you know, if it's, it's an icing, it doesn't really matter because it's still a two-goal game. So um, you are kind of have the ability to take more chances in a two-goal game on the defensive end. I even thought there, and and you can, as you know, I'm I'm learning hockey still as we go. I'm, I'm I love it, uh, but the you guys got the power play there with like what four minutes or so to go that you weren't as aggressive maybe at that point. There were times where you were just running, not you personally, but the team was running time off because with the and if it was a one goal lead, maybe that power play is handled differently. Yeah, do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's a one goal lead. You're trying to score, and if um, you know a two goal lead late in the game like that, I mean. Uh, when they first took it, we were kind of trying to hold it just to run time down, try to get as close to two minutes as possible. And, um, you know, that's a huge advantage for us if we're on the power play that late in the game because they can't pull their goalie and, um, you know, it gives us more of an opportunity to win the game. Uh, and then we, we had mentioned Lacombe's goal. How about his assist on the long pass to uh, Cooley? I mean, that uh, that was a pretty uh, nice uh, assist, and, and then Cooley can do what he does, right? Yeah, I mean, he's an unbelievable distributor. I mean, uh, you know, earlier in the season we played Michigan at home, and um, on the goal that I scored with uh, a couple minutes left in the game, I mean, he iced the puck and Cooley beat it out. I mean, he just he reads those plays so well, and um, – you know, he's been unbelievable for us the entire year and making those plays. And, uh, um, you know, he's just he's so smart with hockey. And so, um, you know, he understands offensive plays really well. And, um, you know, he's one of the best defensive defensemen in the entire world, too. I mean, you go against him in practice and the guy's got a six foot long stick and he's, um, you know, all over you and he's got the best edges ever. And so. Uh, yeah, he's been really, really good, and we're really happy to have him. Yeah, it's it's as we mentioned, it's a it's a deep team, and a lot of good things happening for sure, and that's why uh, such a high level of excitement heading into the uh, to the Frozen Four after the big week in Fargo. Um, in in terms of of let's talk about Cooley too for a minute. Uh, in terms of his stick skills and then his skating and his stop and start and and what what has he meant to uh to to this team coming in as a first year player yeah i mean he's uh i mean he's really stepped into it i mean the first half he kind of struggled early he uh he obviously wasn't getting the points that he wanted because we know i mean last 15 games he's had 30 something points i mean we know what he can do and um you know earlier in the season he was kind of um, you know, getting a point every other game, and he was kind of struggling early, and he was getting frustrated, and he, he kind of figured it out, just kind of play to have fun. I mean, you're in college, you're enjoying yourself, you're having a lot of fun playing with your best friends, and, um, you know, once that switch kind of flipped, I mean, he's been the best player in the country, and so, um, I mean, it's kind of annoying when you're in practice, and you got a guy that's 5'10", 170 in front of you, and you can't hit him off the puck because he's so yeah. good on his edges, so, um, I mean, he's he's a different animal. He's unbelievable at puck protection, and then um, you know, he's, he's a really good guy too off the ice. So, yeah. um, I mean, everyone loves him and it's, it's kind of, we were kind of a little worried earlier in the year that, um, you know, high draft pick, he was going to come in and kind of be arrogant. I mean, he's been the most humble, the unbelievable guy to be around and, um, you know, he's a- absolutely best friends with everybody on the team and, um, you know, all the coaches think he's funny, all the players love him, training staff, everyone loves the guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
I'm more happy with how he is off the ice than how he is on the ice. Yeah, and he's he's pretty good on the ice, that's yeah. for sure. You mentioned his edges, and that's a thing, again, just me just observing, uh, trying to figure everything out is it seems usually if you have a guy that, one, is his size and, two, is such a highly skilled player that maybe – that that part of the game would be he's not going to be great in puck battles or his balance in the corners, but the guy is unbelievable. Like he comes out with the you're like, how did he get the puck? There's two guys twice yeah. his size. Um, he doesn't fall down much. I mean, he he stays on his skates. I mean, he's he's. I mean, the St. Cloud regular season game here in the overtime, he just finally. At the, I thought at the end of that, just yeah. like they were trying to stall some time, and he just went in and kind of tackled the dude and said, yeah. "This we're going to finish this thing." Yeah, right? I mean, he's. Uh... He's unbelievable on his edges. I mean, it's, um, you know, you can't get the puck away from him in practice. And, um, you know, when he gets the puck in, in below the goal line and he's trying to make a play, it's it's pretty crazy how he's he's always looking for plays while he's holding the puck with somebody on him. So it's, uh, you know, he's as much as it is puck protection, it's also him being able to make those plays out of that puck protection. So, um, you know, he's, he's excelling at things that people kind of take a long time to master. And he's, you know, 18 years old. Yeah. So it's um, it's pretty cool to watch. I'm trying to think. Was it uh, which goal he assisted on one of your hat trick goals? Kind of a uh, just a he left it for you, right? Yeah, which was a really nice looking pass. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, you know, he kind of made a play in the neutral zone where he kind of diced through three people. So it was, um, and then he in stride backhand saucer pass to me in the middle. And so um, you know, it's. I think I've been on the ice with him three or four times this entire year, and I've scored, scored three goals <laughs> with him. So it's. Um, you know, it's it kind of shows you can kind of put anything anybody with him, and um, you know, they'll be they'll be great hockey players. Yeah, it's been fun to watch that line and and the, and the whole group for sure. All right, so second straight Frozen Four for you guys. Um, what do you take from last year's experience in Phil no Boston last year, um, and can implement it maybe as you guys get ready for next week now? Yeah, I think uh, last year we were kind of more like. Um, you know, focused on the show, like just being in the Frozen Four and, um, you know, all the cool things that come with it. I think this year we're kind of more dialed in on the actual games. And so, um, you know, I think we're learning from last year. Is we weren't really re- prepared enough. I mean, Mankato took it to us, even though we scored first and we were up one nothing after the first period. It's, um, you know, we weren't really dialed into the game and they kind of took it to us the entire game. And so um, I think we're going to be more dialed in for the games this year. It's obviously going to be hard being in 90-degree weather for the first <laughs> time in three and a half months. So, um we're obviously really excited to get out there and, and finally play again. Yeah, and Boston U, I know I asked you right after the game on Saturday, and you mentioned that maybe you and some guys had seen them play Michigan earlier in the year, but at that point, obviously, you you know, you're, you're not going to look. Now, um, I'm assuming you've seen a little bit more of them, and I'm sure next week you'll really have an idea, but uh, what can you tell us about the Terriers that you know right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, they got some unbelievable defensemen, some unbelievable forwards, and um, you know they're an extremely skilled team. I mean, I think their game matches up really well with ours. It's pretty close, and um, you know they want to outscore teams, and so um, I think it should be a really good game. And um, you know, I think we we have enough depth to where we'll be able to match up against anybody that they put on the ice. And so uh, we're obviously really excited to play them. I mean, um, I've never played them in my four-year career, so um, it's always exciting when you get to play a new team. And, of, of course, you're talking about two of the Blue Bloods here, right? Minnesota and Boston. They faced each other in a championship game before years ago, way back, almost 50 years ago, I think, or more than 50 years ago now. And then uh, in the tournament a lot, and uh, anyone who's watched the movie uh, Miracle, I mean, any hockey guy's going to watch that. And uh, they, they there's a, that scene in there. I've seen it tweeted out yeah. a few times where they talk about a lot of guys from Minnesota and Boston. Um, so here you are, right? Here yeah, I are. mean, it's uh... – it's obviously, uh, um, you know, two great programs, and so um, 
you know, we imagine that the fans will be great for both teams, and um, yeah, it should be a uh, should be a hard fought game. You mentioned the fans. Uh, it was the first thing maybe you said when I asked you to start this podcast. What it was like last weekend uh, in Fargo? Uh, there's a lot of Gopher fans I know excited. Uh, they're trying to figure out ways to get down there because it's a little pricey to get to Tampa right now. But um, there's also a lot of Minnesotans who spend this time of the year down there already. Um, what do you think the crowd will be like? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm definitely excited to see. I mean, I know there was Minnesota fans that were already booking their tickets at the beginning of the year because they had <laughs> such high expectations for our team. And so um, I know those people are probably pretty happy that we actually made it. So, um, yeah, I think the fans will be great. I mean, um, you know, a, a lot of families going to be going. Um, you know, it was kind of hard to get tickets from teammates this week because everyone was already going. So, um, yeah, it should be a it should be a good time. And um, definitely an exciting time for Gopher Hockey. In Fargo, it was, what, probably 80% of the building for sure on Saturday was maroon and gold. What kind of boost does that give you guys? I mean, it's, you know, we scored that first goal of the game and the Minnesota chant goes off and it was insane how loud it was. I mean, um, you know, playing in a smaller rink than Mariucci, it's obviously, um, you know, it's, it's pretty electric because of how small it is. And then, um, you know, you get the reverb from the fans cheering and it's so loud and it feels like they're right on top of you. Um, but I mean, They've been they were unbelievable in the game and so we were we were really happy to have them and um you know even the first game we were playing Canisius and they're still insanely loud and they're just um you know it's a Thursday afternoon game so it's like you don't really expect a ton of people to be there and um you know they're almost selling out the place so uh they've been unbelievable for us the entire year and we're happy to have them what um kind of pride do you and your teammates take as you guys have kind of been uh, at the center of, I, I guess I would call it this revival of fan support. And, and, and you know, you, you're, you're a hockey guy, and your brother was was part of this where, you know, the, the Big Ten comes along and people are uh, somewhat bitter about the, the lack of rivalries and attendance dipped and team was still playing well, but it just, just uh, various reasons. There were other reasons too, ticket price increases and different things. And all of a sudden now, um, Mariucci has been electric now for two years. Uh, how much pride do you take in that, I mean, I'm thinking of that Michigan State game, the Michigan game, those Big Ten games. I mean, that was uh, you know sold out in a day, both of them. You know, yeah. I mean, um, you know, when I came here and I watched my brother when he was here, and um, you know, they were the number one overall team in the country, and they were selling out to their fans, and um, you know, it just shows. I mean, you play good hockey, they're gonna they're gonna come want to watch, and so I mean, obviously having that that nice Cooley Snuggerud line line helps because <laughs> I mean, you got you got to come watch them if you haven't watched them, so. Um, it obviously helps having them, but, um, you know, just playing good hockey is, is kind of an attraction in itself. I mean, uh, my freshman year, we weren't great. Uh, we started to get good towards the end of the season and then, um, obviously COVID hit and we had a really good season that year. Um, and then and no uh, one could come. Yeah, no one could come. <laughs> and I think that kind of helped too was, um, you know, that COVID year. And then, you know, we were really, really good. And then the next year we came back and we had almost everyone coming back. And so um, fans were obviously really excited to come watch us. And uh, that definitely helped with um, as far as fans coming back. And then once I kind of got back into the swing of things and how much fun it is to be at Mariucci watching the Gophers play it, um, definitely helped getting them there. Yeah. And that um, that atmosphere, uh, you get 10,000 people in the building, right? That's, that's a heck of a home ice. Yeah, I mean, especially the championship game. I mean, you go out for warm-ups and the entire student section was already full. I mean, <laughs> you're sitting on top of the, the Michigan um, end and, yeah. you know, the entire student section's full. I mean, I, I would be pretty scared to go warm up if I was Michigan. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they were unbelievable and um, they're really loud of just about every single game. So, um, I mean, it's, you know, you're playing, um, you know, Notre Dame at 
at December and the entire place is packed. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of crazy. It's like just, uh, you know, they're just happy to be there and they're excited to come watch Gopher Hockey again. And, um, yeah, we're obviously really excited with ourselves being able to, to do that and get them back into the rink. And we're very happy that they're kind of joining us along with our journey. One of the cool things, too, that uh, at the games I've been to, uh, and, and I try to get to them, sometimes my basketball schedule uh, uh, you know, doesn't allow it, but the, all the young people that come now, like there are kids everywhere you know, with their hockey hair and their hats on backwards or their stocking caps, and I see them come down and they're banging on the, uh, on the glass down there. I mean, what's that like no, knowing that? I suppose you were one of those kids too, right, running around Mariucci, but it seems in the last couple of years that the, the young, just the young families that are bringing kids to the games has increased too. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's all the, all the guys that were, um, you know, my, when my brother was here, it was all those people that were coming with their parents. So now they're finally getting older and having kids and bringing their kids to the game and, um, you know, kind of giving their kids the same experience that they had when they were younger. So, um, yeah, I think they're starting to offer more family plans to get families to come to the game. And, um, yeah, it's obviously, it's obviously tough to get to a hockey game. I mean, I would know, I mean, three older brothers and then <laughs> my parents, it was obviously hard to, um, you know, for my parents to buy us all four tickets to go to a hockey game. So, um, you know, they, I think they've done a good job helping out with the family plans and things like that to kind of get more families at the game. Yeah, for sure. All right, so you're obviously from a, a hockey family. Um, when do you remember putting on skates for the first time? Um, I think it was about two, two and a half years old. Um, Happy Acres was a an outdoor rink that we had uh, near Blaine and uh, – I think that was my first hockey memory that I've ever had was uh, my dad holding out a stick for me to hold on to, and I was kind of just shuffling along with him. And so um, I was always frustrated earlier in my hockey career because I was kind of learning to skate, so I couldn't hold a stick. And uh, <laughs> that always frustrated me because I always played mini hockey with a stick, and I, I didn't want to um, you know skate with just my hands. I always wanted to have a stick in my hands when I was skating. So um, you know when I was first learning how to skate, it was always super frustrating for me because I always wanted to just play hockey instead of learn how to skate. And skating is a is a key part if you're going to be on the ice, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, you were the you're the youngest of four, right? Yep. Um, so how was that? Were you were, did they did your brothers pick on you? Did they beat you up? Did they oh, help yeah. you along? How did it how did it all impact who you turned out to be as a player? It was uh, it was definitely a lot more picking on than helping out. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, when I was younger, they would force me to play goalie and. Um, you know, they would they would do three on O's on me, and they would say, okay, you can't leave until you make 10 saves in a row. And I would make 10 saves in a row, and they would say, oh, that last one didn't count, and then shoot it in the net and be like, oh, we have to restart now. <laughs> so it was like they were always picking on me, and but they are always so helpful about it. I mean, they're, when they were doing it, I mean, they are always, um, you know, picking on me for the right reasons. They were making fun of, you know, the way that I shot or the way that I skated to make me kind of change that things to, um, you know, just get better as, as I grew up. And so, um, I mean, it obviously helped being able to go to all their hockey games and watch how they do things and, um, you know, watch them excel and kind of follow in their footsteps and do whatever it was that they were doing. Um, you know, it was always when I would go to their games, I mean, all my friends would be running around. And I'd be sitting in the stands watching them just because I kind of enjoyed the game so much when I was younger. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was much as they picked on me off the ice when they're on the ice. I was definitely paying attention. Did you ever, because you did that, think that you might want to be a goalie, or did that say, did that tell you, no, I'm not going to be a goalie because this sucks? I always wanted to be. A, I still wanted to be a goalie. Is that to right? Day. I mean, <laughs> it's just my dad would never ever let me be a goalie. I mean, I think it was it was the idea that he would have to buy me new pads every single year, and um, 
you know, instead I grew up getting all my brother's old gears because they fit me when I was younger. And sure. so, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't think he wanted to buy me all the goalie gear cause he knew how expensive it was. I mean, owning a hockey store, I mean, you, you realize all the prices yeah. and so, um, yeah, he would never let me be a goalie, but to this day, I still wish I was a goalie. No kidding. Yeah. How about that? Were you pretty good blocking your brother's shots in when you were younger? I, I got pretty good. Yeah, yeah I wasn't, I I wasn't assume, good to right? start, but yeah, um, yeah I, I ended up getting pretty good at goalie. So <laughs> Now, you've obviously developed just a just a wicked shot. How did that come about? Just work, practice? Yeah, I mean, uh, my dad has his own shooting school, so it's, um, you know, if when I was growing up, he was kind of teaching me new things, and, um, you know, my oldest brother, Johnny, has an unbelievable shot, and so... Um, just kind of, you know, practice every single day. And, um, you know, when I was younger, my dad, mom and dad owned a store, so they had a little shooting room in the back. So I'd just go to them with work in the summer every day because I had nothing else to do, and I'd just go shoot pucks for fun. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it was uh, as much repetition as it was just kind of um, – you know, kind of have an anger when you shoot and wanting to shoot the puck through the net every single time you do. And every single time you practice, it kind of gives you that, um, you know, a little bit of edge in the game to, um, you know, kind of shoot the puck hard. Hockey, too, seems to me to be such an instinctive game. You have to have certain instincts if you're going to play at a high level. So how important do you think it was, uh, as you mentioned, you're going to hockey games and instead of running around under the bleachers with your buddies, you're watching the game and observing it. And I suppose that's how you pick up the important instincts of it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you kind of develop an understanding of like how players move. I mean, um, you know, if you check over your shoulder and four seconds later, no one's going to be in those same position. So um, you got to kind of understand when you first look where those players are going to be moving to. And so, um, yeah, I think just when, especially when, um, you know, you're younger and you're watching all the older players kind of make the right plays, whereas when you're younger, some guys make the wrong plays. Um, you know, you kind of develop an understanding of what should happen. And I think that kind of helped when I was younger because, um, you know, being able to, have an older mindset while a younger player, you kind of get yourself into better habits and um, you can kind of develop your hockey game faster. Um, so having three older brothers and being able to kind of watch the things that they do and the habits that they had um, definitely helped. And uh, talk about our sponsor real quick, and I got a couple more questions for you, and then we'll let you go. Bryce Brodzinski, our guest here on the Go Gopher podcast, which is sponsored by Affinity Plus. It's your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. Meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide. There's one right near campus on University here in Minneapolis as well. To learn more or find other ways to connect, go to affinityplus.org slash go gophers. That's affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. They sponsor our Go Gopher podcast. They're sponsoring postseason hockey on our Gopher radio network, and they're sponsoring our player profile feature here with Bryce Brodzinski. Um, you guys, uh, the Brodzinski family, has an interesting relationship, obviously, with St. Cloud in Minnesota. So last week's game was, was, was an interesting one. In fact, you uh, were pretty close not only pretty close, you had been committed to be a Husky. Take us back through that whole process. And I know uh, Coach Motsko and your dad were uh, were teammates and that that relationship was important. So take us back to that. I'm, I'm curious how it all unfolded and when the decisions were made. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was just after my freshman year of high school, um, my game kind of started to excel. I mean, I was playing for the Blades when I was, um, you know, freshman in high school, and I was playing with some of the best players in the state of Minnesota. So, um 
you know, that's kind of when things started to shift for me. And, um, you know, the first day Coach Monsko called me and asked me to go to St. Cloud, I mean, I obviously said yes right away. I mean, there was no even thinking about it, and I didn't want to go anywhere else. I mean, um, you know, my brothers were there, and my, my brother was there, and he played for him. And, um, you know, I have I had a good relationship with Coach Monsko at the time because uh, my dad played with him in college. And so, um, you know, it was when my brother was at St. Cloud, I was going to the locker room, and I was in the coach's room, and I was talking to the coach. And, um you know, it was obviously a pretty easy decision for me, and it was a familiar decision for me. So, um, you know, when he kind of made the switch over to Minnesota, there was, um, you know, he brought me out here to kind of show me the the all the new things that they had, and um, you know, the rink and the locker room, and um, you know, Beerman Athletic Facility, and um, it was kind of a pretty easy decision just after seeing all the stuff. So, um, yeah, it was kind of more of a commitment to him than it was to kind of any school that I wanted to go to. And uh, take me back through how your dad and him, uh, did they both play for the Gophers for a bit, and then they ended up at St. Cloud? Uh, no, just my dad played for the Gophers. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Motsko was just at St. Cloud. At St. Cloud. And then they ended up being teammates for a while and then just have been friends since? Yep. Yeah, they've just been, um, I mean, hockey is such a, um, you know, once you meet somebody and you're on their team for a year, you're best friends with them for life. So um, they're obviously super close and uh, kind of frustrating thing because I'll do something bad at practice or in a game and Coach Monsko will text my dad and then my dad will text me yelling at me about it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's obviously – it's obviously nice being able to get that feedback from a different side other than, um, you know, your coach yelling at you. So um, sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. But, um, you know, kind of having that relationship with him, we're not afraid to talk to each other about certain scenarios. And uh, so that definitely helps. And I know that um, obviously through that time, your brother's uh, St. Cloud's been at a high level. Uh, you know, Coach Motzko got him going, and now Brett Larson uh, continued that. Your brother played in a – well, he was on the national title team, but he had that uh, that, that uh, crazy leg injury, yep. um, which was uh, in addition to just it being, it, it being terrible because he couldn't play. That was in the height of COVID, so he ends up like in – in a Colorado hospital alone, right? I yeah. mean, no one, because COVID, they wouldn't let people go visit. And, oh, yeah, and man, it had he, to be brutal. Yeah, and then he's flying home with, you know, by himself on a plane after just having surgery on his leg. And, I mean, it was uh, it was obviously a pretty scary thing. I mean, it was kind <clears> of <throat> right after we lost to Mankato, I think it was. Or not Mankato. Oh, yeah, maybe Mankato. Um, and, you know, I'm sitting in the locker room checking my phone, not even worried about my game because, you know, my brother just had a pretty serious leg injury. And so, I mean, he was having a really good season too. I mean, you never know what could have happened, where he could have signed. And um, But, I mean, luckily, kind of with COVID, they gave you that fifth-year option. So, um, you know, he kind of came back in record time and, um, you know, put up another pretty good season. So, um, yeah, kind of his comeback from that leg injury and how quick it was, how quick of a turnaround it was and, um, you know, we were definitely pretty, it was pretty cool. I mean, he scored first game back. So, yeah. um, yeah, we were definitely happy with how fast he came back, but it's just such a, it's such a crappy time. I mean, playoff hockey is kind of the most exciting time of the year. And so, um, you know, he kind of got to miss out on that his senior year when they're, you know, one of the best teams in the country. So, uh, yeah, he kind of got unlucky with that. So you mentioned that, uh, coach Motzko will sometimes text your dad. What, what outside of that, what is it like uh, playing for, for Bob Motzko? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's getting a little different now. I mean, um, you know, once you get older and you start to understand him a little bit more, it's, you know, freshman year, you're kind of scared of him and, um, you know, he's yelling at you and you're kind of, you're kind of listening and, um, you know, right, whatever he says, you're kind of taking it to heart. And, um, you know, once you get older, you kind of realize he's just saying it because he has to kind of get a little bit of fire under you or, um, you know, now that I'm older, it's starting to get funny with some of the stuff that he says. You don't realize how funny he is until you kind of get to know him. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, 
yeah, he's a really he's a really good guy, and um, you know he's definitely one of my favorite coaches that I've ever had. Last couple here for Bryce Brodzinski. Um, you think about hockey, and um, you mentioned you were what two when you first uh, remember putting skates on, um, and the experiences you've had, the different places you've been able to go. I know you uh, had some time in the juniors, right, in Omaha, and then came back and uh, played high school. And uh, where were where are some of the coolest places that you that you've been able to go and play? Well, uh, when I was 10, I played in the Brick Tournament, so that was up in Edmonton, and it was like this little rink in the middle of a mall, and uh, they had like a skyline above the rink, so the light was shining in on you, and um, I mean, in between games, you're going to the amusement park in the mall, and um, that was kind of, the, that was the first time I ever played with Jackson Nelson, too, so. No kidding. I mean, he was six foot three when he was a 10-year-old, too, so <laughs> it was, it was kind of crazy, I mean, and, um, yeah, but that was definitely probably the most fun I've had ever playing hockey, I mean. Uh, my entire family went. That was kind of one of our first vacations. I Ten mean, years old. Yeah, I mean, it's wow. it's tough when um, you're kind of growing up and with three older brothers that all play hockey, too. I mean, you don't get to go on many family family vacations because someone has a hockey tournament every single weekend. So, um, yeah, that was kind of one of our first ones where we kind of took a trip as a family. And so, um, yeah, but, I mean, just that. And then, you know, all through my high school career, finally getting to play in the state tournament my senior year and, um, you know, my best friends on that team and um, – that was definitely probably the most fun experiences I've had. What is the Mr. Hockey? Is it a trophy? What do you when you win that? What do you get? It's like uh, it's like a little glass bowl. Okay. It was actually uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, it's um, kind of got engraving on the side with my name and whatnot, and then um, you get a little Minnesota Wild jersey. So uh, yeah. Where is that now? Where do you have it? Do your parents have it displayed? Do you have it at your? Yeah, room? my mom, my mom and dad have the bowl. Um, I think it's in their living room. I uh, couldn't tell you where the jersey is. I, I don't know where where I put that thing, but um, yeah, never uh, was never like a huge Minnesota Wild fan. I always I always uh, you know just liked hockey in sure. general. I never you know kind of picked teams. I always kind of picked players that I liked. Um, so um, yeah, it was obviously a, a pretty cool experience. Yeah, and you have one. I, I, I'm getting your whole family mixed up, but you've had uh, one of your brothers has played for the Kings for a while, right? Yep, Johnny, and Johnny, and where he's played for others too, right? Yeah, he played uh, for the Kings. He played for San Jose, and uh, now he's with the Rangers. So, um, yeah, he's obviously you know, he's one of the, in one of the best organizations yeah. in the world now, and um, you know he's he's in the AHL right now, but he's kind of that next man up guy. So, um, you know, anyone gets hurt, anyone gets traded, and anyone gets sent down, he's kind of the next guy up. So. Um, you know, he's kind of right on that bubble on one of the best teams in the world. It kind of shows you he can kind of play for yeah. a lot of these other teams that are in the NHL. For sure. Give us an update on your other brothers now, what they're all doing. So Michael is uh, out in Orlando playing for the Solar Bears in the East Coast, and then Easton's in Jacksonville in the East Coast. So, gotcha. yeah, they're both pretty close to each other and, uh, you know, playing each other. I, a couple of nights I've gone home with my dad, just have dinner with my mom. They'll be like, oh, Easton and Michael are playing each other tonight. You can just come watch their game. <laughs> like, oh, didn't even realize anymore they play each other 10 times a year now so yeah um, yeah they're both out in in Florida enjoying the weather and you know I get snapchats every other day of them golfing so uh, a little bit jealous of while well, you're the trying to shovel the sidewalk exactly right yeah um, are they going to be able to make it next week um unsure um I know they're, they're, they'll definitely watch but um I think it's kind of three three four hour drive for um yeah. you know Easton and then two hour drive for Michael so 
uh, they might be able to come, but um, I'm sure they might have games of their own. Yeah, that's true. you got to check their schedule. Well, hey, it's been fun. Thank you so much for uh, popping in and joining us here. Uh, this has been a great ride, and uh, uh, let's go get a couple more in Florida next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Bryce Brodzinski. It's episode number 64. I hope you enjoyed getting to know University of Minnesota standout forward Bryce Brodzinski a little bit better. My thanks to him for spending some time with us as we get ready for the Frozen Four next week. He's a very impressive young man and player. The Gophers' first game is next Thursday against Boston U, and then the hope is the championship game appearance follows. That comes up a week from Saturday. The Frozen Four, as mentioned, is in Tampa. The Go Gopher Podcast Episode 64 is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned, full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's a affinityplus.org slash gophers. They sponsor our player profile, including Bryce Brodzinski's appearance today. We're also brought to you by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please right now click the subscribe button to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week.